From a mathematical perspective, infinity clearly exists. The argument is simple. In fact, I think I remember hearing it on the playground in elementary school. It goes like this. Name the largest number. Oh, well, well, what about that? Plus one. And there you have it. Infinity must exist, because if it did not, that child on the playground would be able to name the largest number without fear of the plus one retort. Mathematicians were comfortable with this line of reasoning for millennia. Infinity exists. And that's all well and good, and really why spend too much time thinking about it when we have so many great problems to work with down here in the finite numbers. Then, in the 1870s, that all changed, and many mathematicians were thinking about infinity, including two of the most brilliant minds of the time, one of whom it could be argued was in love with infinity, and the other loathed it with all of his soul. This is Science Sparring Society. I am Samuel Hansen. The man who loved infinity was George Cantor. His story is now more myth than truth, but it does seem that he fought a lifelong battle with bipolar disorder, and then it all too often saw him institutionalized. Cantor's work on infinity is now also a thing of legend, and his diagonalization method is taught to mathematics students with a true reverence. It was this method that led to the result that led to the fight with the man who hated infinity. It was this diagonalization that allowed Cantor to prove that there was more than one size of infinity. Stop to think about that for a second. Infinity, by its very definition, is unlimited. And what Cantor was saying was that, yes, the integers are infinite, they are unlimited, but the real numbers? The, the decimal numbers are an even bigger infinity. To some, this was amazing, a breakthrough, a fundamental shift in the foundations of mathematics that would open up new doors that heretofore no one had even guessed the existence of. But Cantor knew that there would be others that would not look nearly as kindly upon his work. He knew this because he was a former student of the man who abhorred infinity. The man whose name was Leopold Kronecker. Kronecker had a few deserved reputations by that time. 
His first was as a truly amazing mathematician, one of the leading German mathematicians of that era. He was also known for being a strict finitist. That meant that he did not believe in the legitimacy of mathematical objects that could not be derived from the natural numbers in a finite number of steps. He stated it best himself, God made integers. All else is the work of man. Finally, Kronecker was known for being a bit of a jerk. Knowing him as he did, Cantor did try to avoid drawing his ire at first. He even named his paper rather innocuously on a property of the set of all real algebraic numbers, avoiding all mention in the title of the real meat of his result. Not that this saved him, as not long after this initial paper was published, Kronecker was using his position as a member of an editorial board to delay publication of a Cantor paper. Beyond that, Kronecker also called Cantor a scientific charlatan, and referred to him as a corrupter of the youth. The story here is that this treatment by Kronecker, and quite a few others it must be said, coupled with Cantor's own failure to work out a mathematical problem called the continuum hypothesis, was the impetus behind Cantor's ever downward spiraling mental health. As I mentioned before, this is probably more myth than truth. But I doubt that the words being flung his way did anything to help his psyche. All of this yelling by Kronecker and all of the defending by Cantor was not without benefit. It allowed Cantor to develop a philosophy of mathematics that centered around free and open discussion of new theory, believing as he did that as long as the mathematics was consistent, it belonged in the realm of discussion, whether it was finitist or constructivist or any other mathematical school. It was this philosophy that led Cantor to create the Union of German Mathematicians and become one of the people who drove for the mathematics community to start holding regular international meetings. Meetings which began in Zurich in 1897. In the end, Cantor's proof that there's multiple sizes of infinity held up. As he said, my theory stands as firm as a rock. Every arrow directed against it will return quickly to its archer. 
I can remember the awe that I felt when I first found out about this result, and then my amazement when I saw his diagonalization proof. Really, Cantor's work goes well beyond just standing up. It opened up mathematics to the great foundational reformulation of the early 20th century, and began the field known as set theory. Kronecker, on the other hand, is still a name that is attached to many very important works of mathematics, but he might be looked upon with a bit more fondness if he had maintained civility in his disagreement, especially turning out as he did to be wrong. Well, I'm going to let David Hilbert close us out with his beautiful quote, No one shall expel us from the paradise that Cantor has created.